Hi, my name is Rochelle Grow, and I'm obsessed with all things business, especially networking. Oftentimes, the opportunities that we have in business and even personally comes down to who we know. I love helping people build a thriving network with genuine people, even if they are new to the game, afraid to say the wrong thing, or need a reminder to just do it. I'm a California transplant living in Northern England who's taken her business chops from California to New York and now the US to the UK. I work from home and run two businesses. No matter if you're a networking beginner or not, I can teach you the step-by-step behind the scenes secrets to building a network that you love. Pop in your earbuds and get ready to be encouraged and have some fun while you learn. This is Allergic to Small Talk by Cut Class. Welcome back to the Allergic to Small Talk podcast. You can catch me here every Thursday, or you can catch me live every Thursday on Instagram at Let's Cut Class. You can also say what's up to me on my personal Insta at It's Row Grow. All right, are you ready to dive into today's episode? Let's do it. Have you ever wanted to join a networking group, but not quite sure which one fits you best? Or maybe you have joined a networking group, paid for it, and then never attended? If either of these scenarios sound familiar, you're going to really enjoy my guest today. His name is James West, and he's the co-founder of Only Networking, the business network for people who like people. James and I met because I attended one of his networking meetings, and his members were absolutely awesome. He and I had a chance to connect offline. Well, actually, it was still online, but outside of the meeting. And we definitely found some really great synergy. And what James is doing with the Only Networking Group is so cool. And I really, really wanted to bring him on the show today so he could talk about what he's doing with Only and really what makes him different from other networking groups that are out on the market. For James, networking is about more than finding business opportunities. It provides business owners with support, education, and most importantly, the meaningful connections that are vital to all of us as human beings. James is coming on the show today to talk about why he decided to start his own networking group and again, what makes their group different from others. As we learn about his group, I want you to think about what type of group would you like to join and if a group like only is something you'd like to be a part of. All right, James, welcome to the show. Hi, Rochelle, thank you for having me. How do you Americans do that, by the way? You just talk and it's brilliant (laughs) and it sounds so polished. You get taught this stuff, because we certainly don't. (laughs) No, no, you know, actually, it did take a lot of practicing and I have to really smile a lot and then to really make it come across like, super punchy and exciting, but thank you. Yeah. You're very modest. I think it's more than smiling. You're just good at it. So glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So James, I gave you an introduction, but I always like to have my guests tell us in their own words. Like when people say, hey, James, tell me a little bit about yourself. What do you say? Yes, that's an easy one. I was a journalist. I trained as a journalist. That sounds very grand. I didn't write for particularly exciting magazines, but it gave <laughs> me a good foundation in communications. I did a bit of copywriting. I did social media training. I did websites. Networking's weaved through everything ever since I've been self-employed. That was really quite a pivotal moment for me, I think, when I went to networking and realized, ah, there's people out there like me. I mean, this was kind of early internet in some respects. And networking for me always gave me business. 
I think if you've got a good proposition and if you know how to present it well and you kind of learn the mechanics of how it works. But for me, the realization was networking's about more than that. It's about friendships, it's about camaraderie, it's about the stuff that we don't have often as small business owners because we don't go to work anymore. So we miss a lot of that. So I ended up meeting my wife at networking. So <laughs> you've been very kind saying I'm the co-founder. I am the co-founder, but it's very much a dual purpose, you know, a team. It's myself and my wife set up only in 2018. We'll talk more about that because we were networking on our wedding day. I'll share that story if we've got time. Which I love. I love I love that story. Yes, we'll get to that for sure. So you said that you went off, you had your career, then you went off and you started your own business. And that was kind of the catalyst to kickstart your own networking group. Is that right? Yeah, because I remember going to my first networking group, like probably everyone does. You're going with an agenda to sell, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. I want to meet people because I want to sell something, right? And I turned up and I remember I didn't get any business on day one. Harsh critic I was <laughs> and I didn't go again because I thought, well, what was the point of that? I got up at 5 a.m. and I didn't get any business. And of course, I didn't understand how it worked. Networking is give and take. You can't just expect to rock up. You're not selling a £10 widget, are you? So I think I always remembered that. And as I evolved through learning networking through many years and trial and error, I think the realisation was after myself and see, we met at networking. Kelly used to go networking. She did B&I and she was particularly successful at it. She had a travel business. She knew her proposition. She built good relationships. I think she did about 75% of her business came wow. straight from networking. Wow. Okay. So we understand the the mechanical kind of strategic part of why it's so powerful as a right. marketing proposition. I came in more for, for want of a better word, the mental health side of it. It was the support. It was the fact that that was the one place that I went on a weekly basis where I felt at home. Yeah. Because I worked on my own. My home life wasn't great at that point, And it was a solace, really. And I think when we got together, we thought, hang on, networking really needs updating because it's quite, yeah. it hasn't really evolved. It's quite, a lot of it's very cliquey. It is intimidating if you've never been along to it before. I will say it. There's a lot of the feeling of an old boys network mm. for a lot of these groups. You know, how does that really fit in with the modern workforce? So, you know, much more diverse in terms of demographic locations, the way they want to work, work-life balance. We weren't really seeing this at networking. Yeah, that's wonderful. So what I really like about what you've just said, and I think it's really great for the listeners to kind of connect the dots in a couple of points here. Sometimes I think people think of networking as a task and not necessarily a function of the business. And what was really great about what you said, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, is that for you and Kelly, you both realized that networking was almost a function of your business and you tied it to marketing right? Marketing is a part of almost everybody's business. And so it was clearly tied to that. And number two, for you, it was definitely more than just the marketing aspect. It was something that you needed in order to get that human interaction with other people and really start building those relationships to take you out of working alone all day long. Yeah. And, I, and two things happen. I mean, a, it's better for you as a human being because you feel like you're actually talking to people that want to talk to you when you get past that. Look, I've never met anyone who says, I love being sold at. I love being sold at <laughs> by people who have got no interest in me. Right. 
Yeah, you see it all the time, don't you? And you see it in networking events and you also see it in social media. People connect with each other. They never talk and they just throw information at you. Well, why would I care? I haven't got any rapport with you. Networking's about caring. There's two things that everyone wants when they go networking. They want to potentially sell something. I can't fulfill that with every person I meet. If I bought from every person I met, I'd be broke. Okay, (laughs) so I can't do that one. I have to be choosy. The other immutable thing that every single person online or at networking wants is attention. Right. That's an easy one because I can give everyone attention. Okay. I'll give you a great example. One of our members, Alan and Emily, they run a company called Yellow Tuxedo. So they are digital visibility specialists. Okay. Okay. Simple story. I connected with them on Instagram. Can't remember who connected first. Okay. Most of the time when that happens, it's just a connection. Nothing really happens. You kind of keep an eye on each other, but then the network doesn't really go anywhere. Right. Alan sent me a personal audio message and said, James, I've been looking at your profile. Love that photo. Love the idea of what you're doing with Only. Just wanted to let you know. He had no agenda. He was just interested in me. What did I then do? Naturally, went and looked in more detail at what they were doing. He's up to, yeah. That inspired a conversation. We've ended up doing work together. They've been on our podcast and our education And it all started from the fact that you took interest in someone. If someone takes interest in you, it's very hard for you to then ignore them, isn't it? Right, right. And we see this all the time at networking. People say, hi, this is me. Please like my Facebook page. (laughs) Well, maybe if you liked mine first and showed an interest, then we could get into a conversation. So I think it's stuff like that, isn't it? What can we do? Can we build a network that puts that to the fore? Yeah. I love that. Okay, so let's lead in then to only. How did your experience with networking, you started your own business, you kind of knew what was missing from the market. Tell us a little bit about how you created only and why and kind of the ethos behind it. Yeah, so this was when was it? Well, we got married in 2016. Should I tell the Yes, the you got you have to tell the wedding you have story. To. I'll just tell this story now. So, we got married in New York, okay? We just wanted to get married on our own. We'd had previous lives and we just wanted to go there and have a day for us. We met a guy. We found a guy online, a rabbi in New York, who was a wedding officiant, seemed lovely. And his proposition was, I'll marry you anywhere you want to get married in New York. And we thought, brilliant. This is just what we want. So we went to New York. We arranged to meet him under the Brooklyn Bridge. And we were riding across the Brooklyn Bridge in the hotel car in our wedding gear. And we looked at each other. We said, we don't even know this guy. If we get there, we are two people in wedding gear that aren't going to get married today. (laughs) That's going to be a disaster. We got there. He turned up. He was fantastic. He said to us before the ceremony, by the way, guys, what do you do? And we said at the time, we build websites. And he said, oh, hold that thought. Had the ceremony, got married, walked back over the Brooklyn Bridge. Lots of Americans clapping. It was wonderful. (laughs) We ended up, the punchline to this story is that we built three websites for Stephen off the back of that meeting on our wedding day. So the point there, we were always supposed to do networking because once you understand that networking isn't a formal event, if you've ever had a conversation with someone on social media, you're networking. You've just never put that label on it. You can walk the dog, meet someone. That can be a form of networking. One of our members, Kate Bitford, does that all the time. She meets people, walking the dog. What do you do? Come to this networking group. There's networking opportunities everywhere. And I think what we saw was that the problem was with a lot of formal networking, 
the rules and regulations and the pressure that they put you under to perform, to bring referrals. Look, what happens if you don't believe in that web designer that's in the room that you're supposed to refer to? Because right. they hard code websites and actually you believe that Squarespace is a better option. Hmm. You're not going to use them. You can't force people to give referrals. So we scrapped that. We don't have category restrictions. We decided if we're the network for people that like people, they have to feel relaxed. They can't be under pressure. Let the relationship flourish and good things happen. And it sounds idealistic and twee, <laughs> but that's that's how it works. Right. And just for my for the audience that's listening who may not be so experienced with networking, because James and I, as you can tell, we've been around the networking block a few times. And so there's a couple of differences between networking groups. You'll have referral groups, which have a lot of rules and structure, which it can work for some people. But if you're a first-time networker and you're just getting your feet wet, sometimes it could feel very, very daunting. It could feel very challenging. Sometimes you could also feel a bit defeated if you're not referring business to other people in the room. So understand that there are plenty of choices out there. And when it comes to evaluating who you want to associate with, who you want to join, you don't need to feel pressured under false scarcity because there are plenty of other groups that will fit and jive with exactly what you're looking for. So I just wanted to yeah. kind of make that distinction between what you're speaking about, James. It's finding your tribe, isn't it? And, you know, look, we're talking about BNI broadly, aren't we? And BNI works. Absolutely. They teach people that their phrase is give us gain, isn't it? And that's the best thing that BNI ever did because they're basically teaching you, if you want to receive, you've got to put the effort in. And that's what they pioneered and that's what they've done brilliantly. And as long as you're prepared to follow the rules and do it the BNI way, it can be massively successful. We both did it, I said earlier, Kelly in particular, was particularly successful at it. But that's not for everyone. I mean, let's face it, if you set up a business, you probably did so because you don't want to follow someone else's rules, right? Yeah, yeah. So why do you want to pay to be in a network that's making you do it a certain way? Look, I'll give you the simple analogy. There's the carrot and the stick, isn't there? And a lot of referral networks are based on the stick. We are going to kind of force that behavior. And it does work, but you've got to be prepared that you're happy to live kind of under that regime. We've gone more for the carrot approach. We're going to educate you how to network correctly. We don't give you any promise of referrals, okay? There's no safety net with us, okay? Because we don't believe that you can ever buy referrals. You're either good enough and you build the relationships and people want to work with you or not. I've worked at Apple briefly. I got bored, depressed, and I went and worked at an Apple store, <laughs> right? One of the great things I learned at Apple, and this is the perfect analogy for this, have you ever noticed in the Apple store, there are no security tags on any of the technology? So you can walk into an Apple store. I'm not condoning this, by the way. If you can get your hands on a MacBook Pro, you can walk out that store and an alarm's not going to go off, okay? Why? They explained it to us. They know that 99.9% .9 of people would never dream of stealing. Just wouldn't come into their mental vocabulary. 99.9% .9 of people that shop in store that have to wrestle with security tags, it ruins their experience. You've been there, haven't you? You've been at the point of sale and they're struggling to get the tag off. That makes the process longer. You get to the door, they didn't take the tag off. The alarm goes off and it's embarrassing. <laughs> Apple's decision was we trust, we're going to build our process based around not the 1.1% of people that are going to steal, 
we'll swallow that. We'll deal with it. We'll worry about that. We're going to make the experience right for the 99.9% of people. And that's very much the approach that we've taken with only. We trust you to network the right way with rather than beating you with the stick. And that's, you know, if you're going to have a culture, you've got to believe in it and you've got to put rules in place or not put rules in place that support that. Right. Right. Excellent. Cool. So tell us a little bit about Only. Where are you guys located? Talk about your growth since 2018. What's the journey been like for you and Kelly? Yeah, we started in 2018. We launched a small group in Winchester. 18 people turned up and 17 people joined the first week. And we thought, we're on to something. This is good. There's obviously an appetite for this, even though there's a lot of networking around. All of our stuff was in person at that point. Right. So we ended up getting to about 20 groups around the south coast of England. And then lockdown happened. So Mm. what was that, 2020? So we just reached 180 members. And it was really starting to sing. You know, we were building awareness. You know, each group was building a circle that was linking each geographical location. And people were starting to get it. You know, I'll keep hearing about this only thing. You know, what is it? Then we went into lockdown. Bummer. And we also went to really lovely venues because Kelly loves nice places like the Four Seasons. That was part of our culture. If you want to go networking, I want to go somewhere nice. Why do I, as a business owner, want to go into some horrible, I remember doing a networking in like a football club, clubhouse, (laughs) and it just stunk of beer and cigarettes. And, you know, why am I here? We went to nice venues. But when we, so when lockdown happened, we had to move online. We had an ace up our sleeve. We were very lucky because I haven't actually said this bit. Only stands for online networking live experiences. A lot of our members don't actually know that because we don't particularly talk about it. One of the reasons we set up only is we believe there was a massive gap and disparity between offline networking, meeting in person, and what was happening online. And people weren't connecting the two. They were either good at one or the other. We thought, and it was quite obvious to us back then, surely the natural thing to do is meet people, then connect with them on LinkedIn, then like their stuff and follow and carry on the conversation because the two then complement each other. Right. But most people kept them separate. So what happened in the background, not long after we set up Only, we launched Only Online. Mm. And we had this dream that we wanted to then take Only around the world and we can use online technology to network. And wasn't that a great idea? And even our most staunch fans didn't get it. We ran these meetings and they didn't understand it. They were like, no, you've got to meet in person, online. It's just a curiosity. It doesn't work. Okay. The great thing was we had 18 months to try and perfect that formula. So we were using Zoom. We knew how to use the technology. So when we went into lockdown, literally overnight, we run our website. We changed everything. All of the meetings are now online. Most of the networks had to adapt and learn how to use technology and they were rabbit in the headlights. Of course they were because they're trying to use technology that they've never used, adapt the format. We'd already done it. So I think we got traction very quickly and people went, oh, their version of online networking does work. Right. But most people at that point still thought, well, it's a month, isn't it? It's two months and then we'll be back in the room, of course. And then a year later, here we are, over a year later. Over a year later. And so what's really interesting, Rochelle, it's never going back to that way. And I'll explain why in a minute. I think the realization, particularly this year, we've started making note 
and I urge all of your listeners to think about this, if you do any kind of networking, how many people have you met online that you've now done business with or built a really useful, solid business relationship with that you've never met in person? And I almost guarantee we've all done it. We've done it loads of times because we're in networking, but we are meeting in person. One of our members, Claudia, she's doing work with people in New York. She's based in Hampshire in England. Okay. She said, pre-lockdown, every website I built, I had to meet people in person. Now they don't care. Right. Even ourselves haven't quite wrapped our head around how profound that is. And I think it's a combination of people getting used to the technology, getting used to following up on social media and having conversations because, you know, when you used to go and have a coffee with someone after a meeting, that's all you were doing. You're just doing it in a different place, aren't you? So there's a lot of people that are now going, well, hang on, I don't need to travel. I don't need to get up really early in the morning. I've got so much more time and I'm still getting the same result. Why do I want to go back? We decided last summer we are going to have physical events, but they're going to be optional. And we'll go to nice venues for the people that want to get together. But what you're not realising is, what about the introverts? Mm -hmm. I know you've talked about this on the podcast before. Introverts at networking, a lot of them used to go because it was the only game in town. They hated it. They don't like small talk. They hated getting backed into the corner by the person thrusting a business card at them. On a Zoom call or online networking, they can sit back, they can observe everyone in unison, they can choose who they have conversations with, they love it. Yeah. So that's the thing, that networking is going to fragment where we're offering what we think is the best of both worlds, but we are never taking our core meetings back offline because they work too well. So we'll do optional in-person events to support each location, so we can all meet, we can shake hands if we ever do that ever again you get the idea <laughs> we can hug we can now. have drinks we can hug but we'll never take those meetings back in person because why there you go business opportunity is just astronomical now with people being over the last like year and a half people's challenges with needing to see somebody in person that has been disarmed that's been completely disarmed and like you said people are willing to do business with people all over the world now it doesn't even matter Look at what you do. You know, you teach people how to network. If you went to a networking group traditionally, the radius of people coming to you is probably 30 miles at best. Mm. Your reach is now literally global because you sell something that's universal. So if you're not, you know, one of our members, Nathan, it was a dog walker. So he was one of those people in lockdown. He was in despair. What can I possibly do? Because he didn't have any option. He literally wasn't physically permitted to do the job that he did. And to his credit, he adapted his business. He became a dog behavioral specialist. He went for all the training. He can now sell that online via Zoom. And in fact, he deals with dogs that have got separation issues. It works better online because they can be with their owners in their own home without having to go out and add to the stress level. So that's the opportunity that we've now all got. It's just... How quickly can you adapt to this changing world? We're going off on a bit of a tangent here, aren't we? No, no, no. It's great. I love it. So how many members have you scaled to? Because pandemic hit, you were about 120, 150 members. 180, I think, was the number. Yes, yeah. And where have you taken your business since then? So 306, I believe, is the two-date figure. Wow. And again, you know, this is that point about 
doing business with people that you've never met. Look, we've lost 40, okay. 50 people probably through that period. So if you think, well, we've increased membership by 50%, that means half of those members that are now only members, we've never met them. Right. And even more importantly, they've not met each other. Their only interaction, their only interaction <laughs> is online. But they've built relationships. They're doing business with each other. They're supporting each other because they're using the online tools. They're starting to have physical one-to-ones. But, you know, we've got a group in Newcastle. We're not going to, from the south of England, particularly have those in-person one-to-ones. But it doesn't matter, does it? So, wow. yeah, huge achievement. And I think just a massive validation of how a small, you know, 2018 we formed. You know, we're only a team of four people. And that's what you can achieve if you've got the right culture and the right purpose. Congratulations. That's so awesome. Thank you. So tell us a little bit about the structure of your meetings. How often do you have them and what can people expect when they attend? Okay, so very simple structure to the meeting. We There's a monthly meeting. They are location specific because mm-hmm. it's the legacy of where we used to meet. And, you know, people do like to group because it means that you know, when they can meet, they will meet locally, won't they? So yes, the meetings themselves, 90 minutes, we do four sections, introduce yourself, we have a monthly education called Only Talks, that we summarise because the visitors wouldn't have seen the video, we have a great chat about the education. That's been a revelation, because um, as you know, prescriptive training doesn't always work, it's a chance to discuss things like SEO, but we've covered all, you know, we've done you know, marketing, how to use LinkedIn, but we've done things like how to look after yourself, you know, mental health and things, which is a, we'll probably come on to that, but that's a huge part of what we do. We do breakout rooms. So you get to have a random breakout room. That's great because that's something that online kind of is introduced to us, isn't it? The fact that you could just have a breakout room. And in fact, we now do an hour every week. We call it only one, two, three. And that's all it is. We just bring members from across the network together and they get to have free one-to-ones in an hour it's just super efficient way to meet people um, and establish rapport so my next question is members can also choose to go to different chapters right they can go or different uh, what are you you calling them chapters or groups so members can go to any group that they'd like to attend is that right Yeah, exactly. One of the benefits of not having category restrictions is that we can then allow people to move freely between the groups. Because again, you know, if you build, if you want a website or you want a marketing person, there's this notion that, oh, I do marketing, I do coaching, it's all the same. It absolutely couldn't be further from the truth. And some of the best referrals given are often from people that are ostensibly doing the same thing. You know, Andy Wood, who does our video production, our Only Talks and our podcast, he's a videographer. When we met him, he was a marketing guy who built websites and did graphic design. I've been to networks where I wouldn't have been allowed in the same room with him because we took the marketing category. Right. We've worked together. He's become a you know a central member. He's also become one of our best friends. <laughs> It's, but this is the point, isn't it? If you remove those restrictions, the point there that you have to be confident in your proposition. Right. Because if you're a little bit vague about what you do, well, I kind of do a bit of coaching or I do a bit of marketing, it kind of comes under the microscope that when you're stacked up against people who have got a clearer proposition, but then that gives you an opportunity. One of our guys, Mike Sharp, we call him the Facebook ads guy. <laughs> 
And as soon as he says Facebook ads, people go, yeah, I need to get better at Facebook ads. Well, Mike is a really experienced marketeer and he can do all kinds of marketing. But, but if he just said, I'm a marketing guy, you'd go, oh, okay, it's another marketing guy. But he's niching down. He niches down and he puts his flag in the ground and people talk to him. And then he ends up doing email marketing for you because you've built that <laughs> right. built that rapport, haven't you? So this is the opportunity that we've got now. You can try different messages at networking. That's a really underused aspect of networking. Try your pitch, if you want to call it that. Right. Especially on Zoom, you can see everyone's reaction. We didn't get that in person. Yeah. You can tell when they're bored, can't you? You can Absolutely. tell when people aren't engaged. So we'll try something different. Try a different approach and see what reaction you get. Yeah, I love that. So James, when we were prepping for this interview and we had our first one-to-one getting to know each other and all that great stuff, I really loved something that you said and it was something very different and a very different approach to networking. And as I was, you know, driving here to prep for this podcast, I was listening to something in the car and it was talking about how you don't ever want to try to be better than somebody else that may be doing the same thing, that you can't ever compete on being better, but you can compete on being better at different. And you're being really great at being better at being different in the fact that you are tying in mental health to networking, which is a totally different approach than a lot of different networking groups out there. Can you tell us like what the bridge between networking and mental health, what does that look like for you and only? So it's that part about putting relationships first. I mean, look, I've suffered with mental health problems in the past, depression, anxiety, that I didn't really realize it at the time. I think I said earlier that I used to go to networking because I felt at home. Right. I felt comfortable. As I've learned about mental health issues over the years, one of the things that becomes very clear as a repeating factor is connection or lack of connection. There's a fantastic book called Lost Connections, a journalist who explored mental health, and it comes up everywhere, you know. And what's the book? And I can never say it. Ikigai, Ikigai, mm. the Japanese secret to long life connection is one of the most important elements in a long life because look we're social animals we need to feel connected to to a something meaningful and we need to be connected with people who care about us okay and that shared goal so this doesn't sound that connected with networking but it's exactly that look i'll give you an analogy there's an idea about a tree okay go with me on this because <laughs> if you want to learn if you want to learn how to network, if you just want to do networking because you want to get business, this is applicable. Mm. But there's a massive offshoot and advantage to this that you wouldn't think about if you're just looking at networking purely as a kind of strategic exercise. Okay. So if you start with a tree, every time you've so you've got your tree trunk, I've never said this before, so I'm probably going to get it wrong, but start with a tree trunk. Go to a networking group. There is potentially 30 branches, 30 relationships that are going to grow out the top of that tree because you get into those conversations. Now, you might have a really good proposition. You might say, hi, I'm Rochelle. I do networking training. Do you want to buy it? And they say no. And you go, right, thanks very much. And you walk away. Okay. You've chopped that branch. Right. You've severed it. Okay. It's never going to grow any further. But you've got the answer that you wanted. And what you'll do, you'll keep going to other events or you'll keep posting online and eventually you're looking for someone to go, yeah, I do want that thing. And that branch will grow. Okay. 
if you take the different approach, and I said about this earlier about taking interest in people, mm. if you say, this is what I do, but tell me about you. And if you get to know that person, that branch will start to grow. Okay. They may eventually buy from you. That person, by the way, that seemingly cannot help you today may end up being the most important contact that you've ever had because they might move into a new career. They might marry someone who's in the industry that you need to be involved in. Never sever those branches, okay? Let the branches grow and you do that by just listening to people, just be social. If you can support them, and I said this about the idea of attention, it's free to like someone's post. It's free to send them a message. It's free to pay attention to what they're doing. And if you do that, selfishly those branches grow and can become business opportunities okay because we don't want to help people that don't have any interest in us and have never shown any interest in helping us okay so let the tree grow but I'll tell you what else happens when you remove that pressure to sell and get a result at every junction every branch branching off that's when you build friendships you know and I'm biased I met my wife at networking (laughs) but I Genuinely, most of our friends have come from networking. I'm not going to have built friendships with people that I just tried to sell at. So there's a dual kind of dynamic going on there, isn't there? That we're building a, that is my definition. If you can see that tree now full, some of those branches, by the way, will be so hidden because you can't maintain an entire, your, your line of sight on all of them at any time. Mm. But one day, like I said, you may revisit that connection and it might suddenly be useful. Never burn bridges. Let the tree grow. Don't know if I've answered the question, but it sounded quite good. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, excellent. Very cool. So, James, thank you so much for that. I love that. So what's in the future for you and only? What do you guys have cooking? Oh, wow. There's so much. Group expansions, overseas expansion, going back to doing face-to-face events. The only charity is coming. Nice. We're waiting for our registered charity number. We've got a disabled daughter. You get a different perspective on the world. Yeah. When you see people with disabilities, we believe that as business owners, we've got choice. We can decide we want to do something. And if we work really hard, we can achieve it. People with disabilities don't often have that choice. So we think it's a good thing for us to do to try and give back, isn't it? What can we do to give back and give some experiences and opportunities to people that don't have the choice that we do? You know, for us, make connections, make a difference. You know, we can in- reduce carbon footprint by not traveling so much to networking. You know, for me, this is very personal. I want every single member to never have to deal with a mental problem on their own, mental health problem on their own. There should always be someone that you can talk to within the network. And again, that only starts when you allow relationships to flourish based on honesty and authenticity. So, yeah. Look, do you want to change the world? Yeah, absolutely. We want networking to be something that improves mental health around the world. Is that a lofty enough goal? Love Why it. Not? Yeah, that's so awesome. James, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I absolutely love your experience, your background. I love your entire story and your connection to networking and how only just, it really does stand for so much more than doing business. It really does stand for connection and creation and also a place to really help people with their mental health. I really, really, really love the ethos that you guys have created and the culture you've created with your company. 
So thank, thank you, you very, very much for coming on the show and sharing all of your wonderful insights. Is there anything that you'd like to share with our audience? How can we find you? Is there anything that you have coming up in the next couple months that we can support you on? Absolutely. Thank you. So just go to the website. It's theonly.network, only as O-N-L-E. If you want to book a visit, have a look at what we're doing. We've got groups all around the country. Well, doesn't matter where you are in the world, really, right. does it? But if you want to book onto a meeting, we've got a discount code. We should change this discount code, but summer hasn't started in the UK yet. So the code is SPRING50 and you can visit for half price. And we'd just like to welcome you along. Look, you can visit twice. There's no obligation to join. But particularly if you've been burnt by networking in the past and think, oh, it's not for you, come and have a look. We'd like to hopefully change your mind or give you at least a different experience. Yeah, absolutely. As I've mentioned, you guys know, I've done a lot of networking and Only is a really fantastic group. Everybody in the room is elevated, educated. They also have a lot of experience with networking as well, but very kind. I think it's definitely a very nice landing area for anybody who is experienced with networking or just wants to get their feet with networking. So please go check out James and Only and Kelly and say what's up to the Only crew. All right, James, thank you so much for coming on the show. And I look forward to staying in touch with you. Thank you for having me. Take care.